Next on BYU Sports Nation, Silver State Champions. Back-to-back 33-point wins for BYU basketball over Nevada foes. Was last night's blowout win versus Nevada the most impressive performance of the season? Plus, how another blowout victory changes expectations for BYU and Utah State this Saturday in Salt Lake City. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, December 11th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who... Frankly, just got bored last night watching BYU pummel Nevada, Jerem Jordan. Now, this was said by Mark Pope. I was not bored. I thoroughly enjoyed this. In fact, I, I've got some uh, opinionated ideas on what BYU is now that we've seen three games through the early child, so we'll get to that in a minute. But here's what Mark Pope said to the media after the game. You guys were bored tonight. Like, there's no juice in this room right now. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tighten up the games either. Like, you guys have to sit here and suffer through 30-point wins and just take it. (laughs) And BYU fans did. It was not the best crowd, by the way, on a Tuesday night for some reason, but the crowd that went enjoyed a 33-point win. And it was such a fun, crazy, weird game, and the result, we'll get to that in one picks, I was totally off on those, that the Nevada Twitter account tweeted out the score. Typically, you would have both teams in the score, right? So they have BYU 75 and then for Nevada, they have the emoji of this guy putting his hands up in the air going, I don't know. <laughs> they tweeted that. That's the real thing they did. That's hilarious. 75 Here it is. To, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. Well played by the Nevada like Nevada social trolled media itself. Oh, great stuff. Oh, man. Great stuff. I think I saw you yawn on national television, Jeremy. That didn't really happen. I didn't yawn during the game. That didn't really happen. That's funny. No yawning allowed in today's show because we've got the college basketball stats guru, Ken Pomeroy, joining us live. Why did BYU make such a significant jump in his ratings? BYU jumped up 12 spots. We'll break it down where Utah State is in relation to BYU now that that's the next game. Plus, big deal, no deal, a clothesline punch in last night's game. (laughs) And why team rankings is all aboard BYU basketball's tournament train. You won't believe the most likely seeding. mackerel. They give BYU hoops right now. And don't forget one-on-one. with Isaiah Kalfusi, hey, yes. Today, it, today, it, the team alert. rankings, blue Ken Palm, BPI, blue let's go, baby. Blue I might go put go the hat on. Yeah. I, might, I don't know. Whoa. I don't know. It's a crazy day. Okay. It's right. a crazy right. day. Right. So let's go. Let's, let's, woo! You can hear it. The family. hype is real. The hype is real. And believe this, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball pounds Nevada last night 75 to, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, it was 42. That's back-to-back games of BYU holding opponents to 50 or less. And a fifth straight game of making 10 or more threes as a team. Let's go. Five Cougars scored in double figures, led by Jake Tools in the 15. His buddy Yoli Childs added 14, all in the second half. All in the second half. Alex Barcelo with 13, TJ Haas with 11, and Connor Harding with 10. Yoli Childs, by the way, records his 39th career double-double. He's now tied for second all-time in that category at BYU. BYU is so good with Yoli Childs. We'll break it down in a moment. Freshman linebacker Peyton Wilgar is on the Pro Football Focus All-Freshman First Team. It's a big deal. Wilgar had 52 tackles and a team-leading three picks. 
BYU basketball big man alumnus Eric Mika leads the Xinjiang Flying Tigers with 29 points, 16 rebounds, and 4 assists in a 114-110 win. Defense optional in China. <laughs> Next game for Eric tips off on Friday. He's, uh, he's in China. He got there recently. He's doing well, which is great. Good to see him there. Jimmer, now Eric. Swimming and diving news. Josue Dominguez and Bryn Sproul earned the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Athlete of the Week awards. Dominguez broke the longest-standing BYU swim record in the 200 breaststroke this year. And listen to this. Just qualified to be on the Dominican Republic's Olympic team. He's awesome. headed to, to Tokyo next year. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Congratulations. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Silver State champions. BYU just demolished their second straight opponent from the state of Nevada. It's back-to-back 33-point wins over UNLV and UNR. Jerem, was that the most impressive performance of the season for BYU? It was very impressive. I think it was the second most uh, impressive performance. I think Virginia Tech was. Mm-hmm. BYU puts up 90 points, makes 17 threes. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, ranks 61st in Ken Palm right now, 13-point win in Maui on national TV. To me, that's the most impressive. But this was second to me. Going into the game, BPI, Nevada was 55, Ken Palm 84. BYU wins by 33 points and holds <laughs> Nevada to 42 points. Are you kidding me? That's what? amazing. BYU was connected defensively. They were finding open threes, took a ton of threes, which we'll get to in a minute. Five Cougars in double figures, great ball movement, open shots. BYU embraced its three-point destiny, which I know Post Jimmer and Jeff Johnston are very excited about. They've been pushing for that on Twitter a lot. BYU shot more threes than twos, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But this was so impressive. This was what we thought. We thought this would be a game. It was never a game. And BYU didn't shoot the ball that well. 41%. 24.6% for Nevada is the worst. Yeah, and, Nevada and, won't and have, have an emoji for that. that. And it's the guy with his hands up saying, yeah. I don't know. Oh, man, the Wolfpack. They won't shoot that poorly probably the rest of the season. How much of that is attributed to BYU's defense? We'll talk about that in a minute. I think it was mostly altitude. As far as the most impressive performance of the season... I'm with you. The win over Virginia Tech in Maui and even the win at Houston still take the cake for me because both happened without Yoli Childs. Amen. And both of those, we think, have a good shot to be quad one victories by the time March rolls around. Virginia Tech's going to be right on the cusp, I think, but maybe they'll pick up a few big wins in ACC play they and always jump like that number up. Beat Duke or yeah. North Carolina once or whatever. They'll, they'll beat somebody in the ACC to help that number stay up. But both of those, because they happened without Yoli Childs in the lineup, are more impressive for me. Yeah, they, what, a, what a nice win. Just boom, just take it to them. And UNLV and Nevada. Those are two games when we saw on the schedule before the season, we thought, okay, those are quality games, hopefully quad twos, right, Um, in in some capacity, hopefully not quad threes. But you know what? I I was really disappointed that BYU didn't have any kind of mix-up in the handshake line. I just thought there'd be something there, given Steve Alford, given there's another JT, Jake Toulson, who makes a three, says something at the bench um, over at Nevada there, you know. (laughs) I, I just thought, we have another JT. Why isn't there someone calling someone a name? But uh, it was sportsmanlike and friendly, and I thought, I just don't like it. You know, I just don't like it. BYU and Utah State coming up next. <laughs> we'll also address that in just a few minutes. Yes, topic two. Are you more impressed with BYU's three-point shooting or BYU's defense? I'll start my answer with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 42 points is the fewest number of points allowed by BYU basketball since holding San Diego to 33 
back on February 20th of 2016. San Diego scored 11 points in the first half of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nevada wasn't much better last night. They were in the 20s at halftime. San Diego was not 55 in BPI going into that game. No. You know what I mean? 42 points. Wow. Well done. Yeah. And again, as impressive as BYU's three-point shooting has been, five straight games, 10-plus makes or more first time in program history, the defense over the last few games has been really impressive. That Nevada team just scored 100 points against Air Force. And they had 90-something against Santa Clara. What are, they were averaging 90-something coming into the game the last two games. 100 points. I know Nevada was horrible last night, like horrible last night. But a good deal of that should be attributed to BYU's defense, right? I think Nevada had tough shots. Yeah, I, I think they weren't getting good looks. They weren't getting at the rim. They weren't getting open threes. We thought Jazz Johnson might be an issue. This was a team that was equally uh, skilled from the three-point line as BYU, and they were awful. You used the word connected, which is the right word for three this for BYU defense. Three, yeah, from three, three by for the way. 23. BYU's defense was collectively engaged, and they were smart. Rotations were in place. Help side defense was always where it needed to be. And they had really active hands. They created a lot of turnovers. They're just scrappy, scrappy, scrappy. Everything was hard for Nevada last night because BYU's defense seemingly got better as the game progressed. And there was a big push for transition defense, especially after giving up 31 fast break points last Wednesday against Utah. And Mark Pope had emphasized that. And here BYU is doing well. In that last night, BYU didn't shoot the ball particularly well. So it's not, if we're looking at just the game, it's defense. And you mentioned the stat, but I, I want to look at the three point shooting the last five games okay. and the season. If we zoom out and we look at the season, what BYU is doing with three pointers is special. BYU has a bunch of shooters and they're finding the open guys. And you add Yoli Childs into the mix. The double, he makes his move. More the, open The threes. double comes, the swing, the, the next swing, and boom, it's an open look. And BYU's knocking down shots. I love that BYU has embraced shooting the three. They're shooting the three a lot. Because it's basically all I do in pickup ball, right? Um, BYU was 12 of 37 from three and 16 of 31 from two. BYU took more threes than twos last night. Bombs away. It's the third game this season that BYU has done that. Kansas and Virginia Tech were the others. I think BYU figured out, oh, you know what? If we can get an open three, that's a good shot for us. Because... Who's the weak link shooting the ball right now? Statistically, you would say it's Trevin Nell, who's shooting 27%. But guess what? I'm okay with any Trevin Nell three, because I think that guy can shoot. Jake Toulson, Alex Barcelo, TJ Haas, even Yoli Chouts, even Colby Lee is two for four. Mm-hmm. Everyone can shoot on this team, and it's really fun to watch. Dalton Nixon, of course, has gone from being really bad the first three years to high 40s. In this, this is an amazing three-point shooting team. And finally, my point about uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the gyms in America in the heart of the chapels is coming to fruition because there should be no other religion that shoots the basketball better than us because we have a gym in our churches. The church of the three. I don't care. We should be the best. I don't care if there's carpet on the floor. I don't care if the three point line on the corner is like way short. You play to the wall. We all know the rules. No, it's, it's great to see that BYU is embracing this. They have the shot tracker. They have, analytics and metrics and by the way this is with the longer three-point line don't forget that yeah Remember we thought oh maybe it'll be an issue ain't no issue for dj haas in this he struggled at the beginning of the year he's really found a shot jake Tulson makes five threes last night all of his points come from three the point line there will be tougher tests and we'll dive into utah state in a sec but 
this was a, a tremendous performance by BYU against a team that we thought would put up a fight, yeah. and they never did. It was a first-round knockout. Are you more impressed with the three-point shooting or the BYU defense? The answer is yes. yes. The exactly. answer is yes. <laughs> on to topic three, Jerem. BYU and Utah State on Saturday in Salt Lake City. Oh, my god! home of the Utah Jazz, Vivint Smart Home Arena. BYU playing back-to-back weekends in an NBA arena. But after last night, all of the numbers have shifted in BYU's favor. Is BYU really a favorite against a preseason top 25 team, the returning Mountain West Conference champions, an NCAA tournament team that, oh, by the way, BYU beat last year? By 15. Do you expect BYU to beat Utah State again this Saturday? I don't expect it. I think this will be a great game. I don't know what to expect. I, I, I think this is a tremendous matchup. Utah State's 10-1. and They've only played one game with the Mias Keita. Keta, right? Uh, Utah State's really good, but so is BYU. With Yoli Childs, look at what BYU is. If Yoli Childs doesn't cramp up against Utah, BYU wins that. They've won three in a row. Yep. They've beaten Utah. They've beaten two opponents by 33. Mm-hmm. This is not a coincidence that the last two games, BYU has kicked butt because BYU looks like an NCAA tournament team with Yoli Childs. I looked at BYU last night and thought, oh my gosh, BYU's really good. Not just good, really good. If Yoli Child is healthy, BYU's 3-0, big wins. Again, what evidence, tell me, what evidence do we have that BYU's not a good team with Yoli Childs? That they're not an NCAA tournament team with Yoli Childs? We do not have this. Oh, well, they lost Utah. He cramped up. He left the game. It changed the game. <laughs> it took him cramping up and to 31 lose. fast break points for Utah to just tie the game and push it to overtime. And TJ Howell's yes. the foul and Dalton Nixon the foul. Yes. So you mentioned the metrics. Let's talk about it. BYU climbed 12 spots up to 42 in Ken Palm, six spots ahead of Utah State. Ken Palm now has BYU by one and a 53% chance to win Saturday Ooh. over mighty Utah okay. State. How about mm-hmm. that? In BPI, BYU's up to 35. Are you kidding me? Utah State's 34. How about this? Uh, and last night, Utah State played uh, St. Catherine, which is like the Sisters of the Poor or whatever equivalent. Didn't even play Sam Merrill. Didn't even play Namias Keta. So we will see those guys Saturday. You better believe it. I don't expect BYU to win per, per se, but I will not be shocked. I think this is going to be a great matchup. ESPN's BPI has BYU 50.4%. So it's, <laughs> it's, it might be a pick line, and it's neutral. It's going to be a great game. And guess what? It's on BYU TV. Flip a coin, people. This is a toss-up game in every sense of the phrase. Yoli is back, but so is Namias Keta. Like, the big men are back for their respective teams. Keta and Yoli both kind of tested the NBA waters last year. Fortunately for Keta, he uh, didn't have the paperwork error, and he didn't have to sit out nine games due to suspension. But he got hurt. He got hurt. And he sat out essentially nine games. He played in the 10th game. Now, does Utah State come in with an undefeated record after beating St. Mary's if he plays? I don't know. They're 10-1. and one. Their only loss is in Moraga against St. Mary's. Without him. Without him. Mm-hmm. Utah State's really good. You mentioned the BPI, 34-35. Yes, this is going to be an incredible game. If this game is decided by more than six points, I will be shocked. I think it's going to come down to the final possessions for sure. Yeah, 50-50 game. If BYU can make 10 threes again for a sixth straight game. They're in business. Advantage Cougars, right? Utah State's going to rebound the ball well. They're super disciplined on the glass. They average 44 rebounds a game. But it's going to be close. Three-pointers from BYU, rebounding discipline from Utah State, Yoli, Keta. Oh, man, I can't yeah. wait. Cannot Utah, wait. Utah State has a Mr. Bean. Justin Bean, 15-12 and 12 right now, double-double machine. Hard to expect BYU to win a game that is right down the middle. Right, and Utah State's one out in the polls. But I think if BYU has Yoli Childs all season, BYU's in a similar position. 
Our question of the day, what has been the most impressive performance from BYU basketball this season? We gave you our answers. Time to hear from you. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter, Virginia Tech. BYU beat what appears to be a good team in a convincing fashion without Yoli Childs. Hashtag BYUSN. They shot Virginia Tech out of the gym. Virginia Tech, two days previous, had just beaten Michigan State. Yeah, They lost to Dayton, but Dayton's a really good team. BYU finishes third in the Maui Invitational. Dayton pounded St. Mary's, by the way. Dayton's legit. Dayton's like Dayton's like Final Four good. Yeah, Dayton's really good. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, our and one results. Why I was extremely off. And why the college basketball stats guru Ken Pomeroy and his numbers like BYU so much. We're going to talk to him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. 12 spots last night. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, it's Utah State and BYU live from Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake in the Beehive Classic. Listen to the pregame on BYU Radio, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, with the game on the radio and BYU TV at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. This is a big-time matchup for both teams in non-conference. And should BYU win this, like we've talked about, BYU's in business. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Silver State champions, BYU basketball taking down UNLV and Nevada in back-to-back efforts, both by 33 points. Joining us now to discuss those blowout victories and what it means for the Cougars' ratings is the college basketball stats guru, Ken Pomeroy, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, friend of the program. Nice to have you back, Ken. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, BYU jumps 12 spots in your ratings from 54 to 42 after another blowout victory. Why such a big jump after a win by BYU over Nevada last night? Yeah, I mean, part of it is just the the domination. I mean, it was a, you know, a a, a dominant win over, you know, what seems to be a respectable Nevada team. And we don't, it's early in the season. And I guess things could go either way for them still. Obviously, with the, the new coach, there's some uncertainty there, but um, you know, I still have Nevada rated as the 95th best team. So, you know, even when you're able to do that at home, uh, beating a team like that, that convincingly, uh, you know, probably says something. And so that's the reason they got a little bit of a bump there. What's your evaluation of BYU so far this season since they played nine games uh, without Yoli Childs? Did pretty well, 6-3, and now they sit at 8-4. and four. Yeah, you have, to be, you have to be pretty impressed. I mean, even uh, before getting Yoli back in the lineup, you know, they obviously – uh, did some damage in terms of, you know, getting that uh, incredible win against Houston. And, um, you know, they obviously let one slip away against San Diego State and, and, and Boise State. But uh, just the way they played, I think, you know, gave you some hope that they were going to, you know, have a uh, certainly a year where they could, again, finish, you know, near the top of the WCC and, and be competitive in that sense. And then obviously since getting Yoli back, you know, they've looked pretty good. They're, you know, obviously always going to uh, regret what happened at the Huntsman Center, but, you know, part of that was because Yoli wasn't on the court at the end. He obviously uh, made a difference there. So, uh, you know, certainly the last two games have been uh, especially impressive, and, and obviously now they get an even bigger test against Utah State. Ken Pomeroy with us on BYU Sports Nation. Statistically speaking, which matchup are you looking forward to most between BYU and Utah State, again, from a numbers perspective? Yeah, um, from a numbers perspective, I think, you know, it's really just kind of seeing how, uh, I guess, uh, BYU shooting really holds up um, against Utah State's defense. Uh, you know, it's really kind of a, 
a matchup, a matchup of strength on strength here so far, especially inside. You know, BYU's been pretty good uh, even before they got Yoli Childs back. Like even the you know the backcourt guys, TJ Hawes and and Jake Toulson and Alex Barcelo, been really good in terms of um, scoring inside the arc. And Utah State's defense is uh, pretty good at defending that. Uh, so far, 39th best in terms of defending two point percentage, whereas uh, BYU's offense is 78th best. And um, you know, obviously, Utah State has a personnel issue of their own where they haven't had Nimi Escada really at all um, up to this point. And so, if he you know is able to go out there and and you know give Utah State you know 20 minutes or so of just great rim protection, that's going to be interesting to see how BYU handles that. Yeah, BYU is a favorite by one and a 53% chance to uh, beat Utah State. So this has turned into a pretty even matchup in your eyes then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, an even matchup, and it's, you know, it's a high-stakes matchup, obviously, for both of these teams in terms of uh, you know, just at-large hopes because you are possibly getting a quad one win. Uh, you know, these, either of these teams end up in the, in the top 50. You know, a neutral site win would be a quad one win. So uh, obviously we know that uh, you know, those type of, type of quality wins are, are not easy to come by in the Mountain West or the WCC, and so – uh, an even matchup here and a, uh, and certainly a, a possibility for a, a really good win, whoever gets it. Ken Pomeroy on BYU Sports Nation College Basketball Stats Guru. Ken, when you look at what BYU's done defensively, giving up 50 and 42 in back-to-back games, how has that adjusted their defensive presence in your numbers? Yeah, it's helped quite a bit. I mean, they're up to 76 in terms of uh, uh, you know, the adjusted defensive efficiency, which is how I, I rank defenses. Um, so that's certainly respectable. The offense is 23rd. So I think, you know, the formula here for BYU, obviously, if they can continue to, to shoot the ball, uh, you know, as well as they have, especially from the perimeter. And you would expect them to continue to be a, a really good shooting team, especially with uh, Childs able to take some of the heat off, uh, off of those shooters um, defensively. Uh, you know, certainly I think the formula is, hey, this team's going to have a, you know, really solid offense and can the defense just be capable. Um, and, you know, they've been more than capable the last, the last uh, couple of games. Uh, again, the competition ramps up here. You know, you're trying to uh, defend guys like Sam Merrill and Nemeus Cato and Justin Bean. Um, it's going to be a little bit more challenging than what they've seen the last two games. But uh, certainly you have to be optimistic based on, uh, based on what we've seen recently. For people that don't know, uh, your rating is one of the primary metrics used by the NCAA Selection Committee on Selection Sunday, which is pretty awesome uh, and, and perhaps surreal for you. I don't know. I, I, we've loved your stuff for a few years, and now they're using it to actually evaluate stuff. But how do you evaluate BYU right now do you, with Yoli Childs? Do you feel like this is, looks and feels and statistically looks like an NCAA tournament team? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, you know, the way I'd answer that is that they are, are good enough to be a, a tournament team like they're, they're playing good enough to be a tournament team you know when you're ranked 42nd in my ratings you're you're really like on the cut line in terms of getting that large bid and, and you know most of that was done without yoli so um you know when you consider that like clearly they're, they're good enough to be an at-large team it's just now a matter of putting that resume together to you know impress the committee um that's the next step and they uh, as i said they've shown signs of that before they got yoli obviously since they've got him um you know there's been some encouraging signs uh but you know, if you don't win the games like Utah State, if you don't, you know, at least split with St. Mary's in conference, like we can talk about how you're ranked in the 40s all you want. But if you don't have those wins, you know, you're not going to get selected. So they certainly are good enough. There's going to be teams, I'd say, worse than BYU that end up getting at-large bids. There's going to be teams better than BYU that don't get at-large bids. So, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where, they, you know, they basically control their own destiny. I mean, if they can, they're good enough to get some of these wins. So if they can pull it off, uh, you know, they can certainly make the tournament. Yeah, certainly a huge one with Utah State on Saturday. Where is that cut line for you? Is it top 40 about there? 
Yeah, it's like about 45. I think if you're at 45th, you're probably, uh, you know, 50-50 to get in. And, and like I said, you know, there's going to be teams, you know, there's going to be teams like in the 30s, like one or two teams that probably don't make it. And there's going to be teams, one or two teams in the 50s and 60s that, that do get in just because, you know, the way the resume works out is not exactly lined up with the way my ratings work. But, uh, but yeah, right around, right around the mid-40s, which, you know, both these teams are there right now. You know, BYU 42, Utah State 47. So it kind of, kind of tells you uh, what's going to be at stake on Saturday. Ken, as you evaluate the new NCAA tournament uh, inclusion process of who gets in and who is not included after a few years, and I say new because RPI has been essentially taken out Thank of a goodness. major factor in this game. What would you do to change the process, even though it is new and seemingly better? Right. So it is better. Like getting, yeah, getting rid of the RPI is certainly a reason for a celebration, and the net is a little bit more of a, a modern formula that I think uh, is a better starting point for assessing uh, quality of wins. Um, to me, the next step, which is probably a pipe dream, but it's really getting to even a more automated approach in terms of evaluating the quality of wins and losses. You know, right now you have a bunch of humans who are looking at resumes and comparing them across, you know, so many teams. And it's just really hard to manage all that information. And naturally, those humans are going to simplify the process. And the way they do it is they basically look at, like, your best wins, you know, your best two or three wins. And that can be really influential into whether you get into the tournament or not. And, you know, it really hurts teams, especially like the ones we're talking about today with Utah State and BYU, you know, from these conferences that are not Power 5 but close. You know, the Atlantic 10, the Mountain West, WCC, the American, where you're playing a lot of teams in the – you know, 50 to 150 range. And, you know, if you go 10 and three against those teams, like you're probably a tournament quality team. And right now uh, the selection committee just doesn't have that in their heads. It's just really hard for them to, to understand that that's the case. And, you know, all the advanced analytics that we have and, and the work that's been done in the past decade or so really kind of confirms that it is the case. And it's just like a really impossible task for these 10 people to kind of manage all that information and, and figure this out. So I, I'd propose a more automated uh, approach to evaluating a team's resume. And uh, that usually scares a lot of people when I bring it up and it's probably not something <laughs> that we're going to see anytime soon, but, uh, but maybe someday the robots are taking uh, over. I was going to say, do you want Skynet? What the heck, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're trying to evaluate 353 teams, I, I just think, you know, there's some things humans are really good at, and there's some things we're maybe not as good at, and, and this might be one of those things. Ken Palmer wants to take away 10 American jobs <laughs> on the NCAA selection committee. I'm just kidding. Uh, last night, Louisville goes down. Another number one team loses. Is there a great team in college basketball? There's probably not a great team. I mean, we still have Ohio State who has played like a great team to this point. Like, Ohio State literally has, you know, uh, not played a bad game yet. They haven't trailed in the, the second half of, of any game they played, with the exception of uh, their season opener against Cincinnati, where they trailed for the first three minutes of the second half. Before. Are you talking about football or basketball? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like 2007 all over again here for Ohio State. You know, like, uh, yeah, maybe playing for national titles in both sports. But, uh, but yeah, that's the only team that's, that's looked great, and yet, you know, th- they're going to have their moments. Like, they're going to have a game or two or three or four where they're not going to look very good. And so this really is a year so far that – there hasn't been a great team, which makes it especially interesting. Like, you know, there's, there's just a lot of compression really between the number one team and the number 20 team. So that should, uh, should make things pretty exciting, especially when we get to March. Ken, your website is a daily destination for us on BYU Sports Nation, KenPalm.com. How do people take advantage of uh, your College Hoops info, and what's new this year? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, just head on over to KenPalm.com. You can see the ratings on the front page, but you can also kind of dive into – deeper statistical insights for the, the low price of 1995 a year. Um, as far as what's new, I, 
you know, there's just a little bit more kind of bells and whistles behind the scenes in terms of the, the team data and the, the individual lineup data and, and, uh, and features like that. Um, but I think one of the things I pride myself on is just the, uh, the consistent presentation of the website. So, uh, you know, it's not like Facebook where one day you're going to wake up and all the, something's changed and you can't find it. Like <laughs> my site, once you subscribe, like, yeah, I'll add a few things from time to time, but I'm definitely not going to change things up too drastically. Like you'll, you'll know what to expect every morning. Ken Palmer are doing things better than Facebook since 2000. <laughs> Ken, thanks for the time, man. Thanks, Ken. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Ken Palmer on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I love that we have access to Ken because the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee uses these five or six metrics, and his uh, one of them, and he's a national college basketball guy, but he resides in the Salt Lake area. So he's local to us, but national to everybody else. And great insight. Uh, honestly, we use his information constantly to be able to evaluate how BYU is doing. And, and this, we subscribe. Yeah, we, uh, we pay the 20 bucks. So, and it's totally worth it. It's, it's awesome because there's just metrics. It's nice to, in football, it's hard. It's like, okay, wins and losses. There's like FPI. There's Sagarin. There's not as many metrics to evaluate. I wish that college football had the kind of data that Ken Palmer yes. and others provide for college basketball. Jeremy, why don't we do it with all of our free time? Yeah, we have a ton of free time. Incredible. Let's, let's, we still do need to put BYU's wins and losses into football quadrants. Football into quads. Yes, but that needs to happen. So before the bowl game, that has to happen. <sighs> we don't have time for this. <laughs> I wish. Coming up, Isaiah Kapusi's message to his teammates about the bowl game. Plus, it's a good day to be me in terms of and one picks. Yes, it is. What a sight to behold. This is BYU Sports Nation. I want my $2. Hey, listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes. Tune in or Google Play and enjoy On Demand. Subscribe, rate, and we would love it if you reviewed as well. If you missed our conversation with Ken Pomeroy, college basketball stats man, download the podcast. Great stuff from him. Does he think BYU basketball numerically is an NCAA tournament team right now? Mm, love it. Let's uh, talk about some more numbers in the whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU pounded Nevada 75 to the I don't know emoji yeah. guy. 42 last night, thanks to five Cougars scoring in double figures. Yoli Childs decided to save all of his points until the second half mm-hmm. and secured his 39th double double, 14 points, 13 rebounds. Second all time at BYU now with 39 double doubles. Football. Peyton Wilgar, who was in the transfer portal. Earlier in 2019. It was like a Star Trek thing, the transfer portal. Peyton Wilgar for BYU, named to the pro football focus all-freshman first team. He had 52 tackles on the season and a team-leading three interceptions. Totally called that one. Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Mika is playing in the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association, with the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. Have you seen a tiger fly before? Bacho Gewa. Bacho Gewa. Pass me the dang ball, he says, in Mandarin. With 29 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists. That was his second game. His second game, he puts up a 29 and mm-hmm. 16. Swimming and diving. Josue Dominguez and Bryn Sproul, the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Athletes of the Week. Dominguez was also named to the Dominican Republic Olympic team for the 100-meter breaststroke. I'm not done. He also broke a 21-year BYU record in the 200-meter breaststroke nice. at the Mizzou Invite this year. Awesome. Women's basketball. And BYU looks to snap a two-game losing streak tonight at Boise State. Beat the Broncos. BYU basketball beat the Wolfpack, another Mountain West foe last night, in dominating fashion. Let's go and one. Picks, predictions, and one. 
on BYU Sports. The mic is yours, Jim. I got owned in this one. Oh, man. Okay, I thought that BYU would regress to the mean in this. They did not. They continued to shoot the ball. Uh, well, I, my two-pointer, BYU makes nine or fewer threes. Mm. BYU made 12. It's because they shot 37 threes, <laughs> which is awesome. I love this. If BYU's going to keep doing this, I'll just I'll just pick them to make 10 plus three. Did BYU make nine in the first half? It was close to that. In the first half, I remember looking and seeing seven or eight, and I thought, I'm in trouble. <laughs> My and one pick that doesn't matter. And what? BYU won't cover. Uh, just a mm. bit off, and that's why I don't bet. Okay. Uh, BYU was an eight-point fave. They won by 33. You and I were like, that line seems a little big. Wow. Uh, we totally missed that one. Rare 0 for 2 for Jerem Jordan. Okay, my first pick. BYU. You should watch me shoot. It's pretty normal. Will make <laughs> at least nine three-pointers. Swish! Oh, I love that sound. Swish! Cougars made 12. They fired up a bunch late that didn't go in, so that percentage dropped down. Because it was like 12 for 31 at one point, and then I think they missed the Percentage doesn't six. matter, though, for this. Just make 12. Yeah. Yeah. And one. BYU will have 33 rebounds or more. Swish! Wow. Well, 49 rebounds. You know what? Because Nevada couldn't make a shot. There were 39 misses. Good grief. 39 misses. BYU was averaging 32 rebounds a game going into the contest. But yes, when Nevada shoots 24%, that rebounding number will go up. Plus 12. Yeah. Holy cow. Plus 12. Good to have Yoli Childs back. Sean <laughs> Farnham uh, of ESPN before the game we were chatting, and he said, oh, it's nice to insert a top 50 player, right? In the game, I was like, "Yes, it is." BYU six and three without Yoli Childs. Now eight and four. They should be nine and three. Dang it! They've been better, and you have been better than me to the point where you just took me in the uh, the standings. Hey, and one fifteen in, in the uh, table, if you will, for soccer fans. Yes, yeah, sixteen six, fifteen. Sixteen fifteen in the standings now. Why do we continue to put Jason in this? I don't know. <laughs> love you, Jason. <laughs> I don't love you in this. <laughs> Our question of the day. What's been the most impressive performance of the year for BYU basketball? Was it a second straight 33-point win last night? I think you and I, okay, I said second. It's the third best. You're right. It Houston, goes Virginia. I go Virginia Tech first. Then Houston. Houston. Yeah. Then Nevada. Yep. At Lasersheep on Twitter says, I'll go with Toulson in any one of the Maui games. Okay. He was physical, shot well, rebounded well, and passed well. I remember thinking triple-double watch is about to be brought back. He reminds me of Kyle Collinsworth. He does not remind me of Kyle Collinsworth. Jake Toulson can shoot the ball. Like, Kyle's versatility was even better than Jake. So uh, I, I see where he's hinting at that, but to me, they're two different. Yeah, Kyle Collinsworth, better passer and a better rebounder and, than and Jake. But I, Jake would, I would say defender as well. Jake's a better shooter, for sure. Uh, better Jake, scorer. Jake's best attribute is his ability mm-hmm. to shoot the ball in a variety of ways. He can get to the rim. He's got an ISO game. Uh, or as Johnson Tavernari said, idolize him in the post. I think I think men isolate. We're gonna well, get we're gonna times, give him the language barrier on that one. At times, BYU JT. fans do idolize Jake Wilson. The post. What, what was what was the girl's name with Jimmer? BYU that she said we shouldn't idolize Jimmer and she remember. got roasted. <laughs> I can't remember. What was her name? What was her name? <laughs> I can't remember. That yeah, that whole thing. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. There's a reason there's no uh, mm. you know statues of individuals here. I think it's that, right? Should there I be? I don't like graven images. Like Jimmer Fredette statue. You yeah. Know, and stuff. yeah. Coming up, what percentage does team rankings give BYU to make the NCAA tournament? I was shocked by this number today. Choo-choo. And why is Isaiah Kafusi of BYU football so excited about Hawaii outside of the bowl game? This is BYU Sports Nation. Someone tweet me that girl's name again. I can't remember. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Listen, after BYU Sports Nation today, in approximately, actually exactly 18 minutes and 7 seconds, BYU Basketball's Mark Pope, the series, not season, series debut coming up right after us on BYU TV. It's on demand on the app. It's uh, Tuesdays during the season. It was Monday this week. And the name of the girl was Michelle Peralta. Jerem, we are two weeks from Christmas Day, and that means under two weeks from BYU football playing in the Hawaii Bowl. Let's go. Mm-hmm. No, literally, let's go next week to Hawaii. Hopefully it's a happy holiday. It'll be a happy holiday build-up in Hawaii. Trust me, it will be regardless. We're going to be in Hawaii. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know who else is ready to have a good time in Hawaii? BYU linebacker Isaiah Kafusi. He is the subject of my one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access interview. Why is he so excited about Hawaii aside from the bowl game? Isaiah, when I say Christmas in Hawaii, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Man, excited to uh, go back to the islands, uh, eat some fresh fish, and uh, you know, take my wife and son back to you know Hawaii and and really just uh, go win a football game. I know that Kalani Satake is big on bowl games and momentum, and he wants to keep a bowl game win streak going after a successful run in Idaho last year. How do you do that, especially coming off of uh, one of the more disappointing losses of the season? Yeah, it really just starts to practice. Uh, last week of practice was, was a good week. I thought it was very productive and, uh, you know, it wasn't just kind of going through the motions. It was, you know, a, a hard, hard practices that we were running around and, and mentally, you know, we had to be locked in. And so I thought, you know, last week of practice was really good and, and really, you know, creating some momentum to go into, into the bowl game. How is this Hawaii team different than the Hawaii team you faced last year? Yeah, they're just they're experienced, a lot more experienced. Last year, um, you know, felt like they had a little bit of younger, you know, some younger guys, and they graduated. You know, their their receiver John Ursua, and uh, with the C, he's with the Seahawks now. But you know, they've got a lot of guys that played last year, and you know, a lot of them stepped up and and really played pretty well this year. So, what do you know about them at this point in terms of what they're going to try and do against you? And the BYU defense. Yeah, you know they're just going to throw the wall, try to you know establish some sort of run game. Um, but but they're really you know their their identity is in passing and, and their quarterbacks. You know he's a great quarterback and played against them last year and um, he's, he's really stepped it up this year. And so excited to play you know against against him and really the offense that they have and that kind of the dynamic offense that they that they use. So uh, really just excited though to play you know against against the guys that we played against last year. What do you think about playing Hawaii on their home field? Get in a bowl situation. Yeah, I mean we're we're really indifferent about you know who we play and where we play. We'll we'll, we'll play anyone anywhere, and uh, you know just so happens to be Hawaii on their home turf, and and so that's even better. You know it's going to kind of be a, a challenge for us, you know, because they're going to have a lot of fans come out, and um, you know we're we're just excited for the challenge. There were only seven teams in all of college football that faced nine bowl eligible teams on their schedule. BYU was one of them. The Cougars behind only Auburn had the best record, five and four. Auburn won six of those nine games. Uh, when you look at the difficulty of the schedule, what comes to mind? Um, you know, we we're just we're athletes, and we we love it. You know, we love to uh, you know challenge ourselves, and we love the, you know the competition. I think that's really you know one of the biggest reasons why we you know a lot of the players and the athletes come here is because of the strength of schedule and and the uh, opportunities that we have. So uh, looking at it, you know, it's it's been fun, um, a lot of learning. You know, when you play you know t- great teams week in and week out and uh, you, you just got to be able to learn fast and uh, adapt pretty well. So, um, you know, I, I would get excited when I see, you know, these teams on the schedule. And, and it's, you know, it's just challenging and it's fun. I would imagine that next year is probably going to be similar. Are you cool with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, next year I'm really excited. You know, got to step up in, in a lot of areas. And um, that's, that's what makes football fun is, uh, you know, having to step up and having to really, you know, get out of your comfort zone. 
You said you've learned a lot this season. What's the number one lesson that you've learned from the 12 games in the regular season? Oh, man, the number one. I don't know if I could give you one right off the top of my head, but uh, I think one of the first one is, you know, that, that strikes me is, is we just, you know, you got to play as a team. If you don't play as a team, then you don't win games. And I think, you know, the, the losses that we've, that we've experienced this year were, you know, probably because of the, the times we weren't really unified as a team. And um, some of the great wins that we've had this year were because we were unified. And so I think learning, you know, learning that and, um, you know, moving forward, now we know, you know, we got to really play as a team. We've got to be unified. Other than playing football and having a chance to win a game in Hawaii, and fish, what activity are you most excited about uh, when you go to the islands? I just can't wait to go to the beach. Yeah, you know, really excited about the beach, and uh, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of sunshine and, and some, some rays coming down and get a little tan. Um, I always get pale in the winter. You know, my wife always makes fun of me. But, no, I just can't wait to go and, and uh, you know, go to the warm weather and, and go to the beach. How would you explain the mindset and the mentality of this BYU football team Coming off San Diego State, and uh, now I'm pushing forward to Hawaii. Yeah, it, that loss was really disappointing. Um, I think in a lot of areas, and so we're we're really locked in. You know, a lot of guys have stepped it up, and uh, you know, practicing. We've we've kind of played with a chip on our shoulder because that that loss was, you know, disappointing and embarrassing. So we've, uh, you know, just excited to to really you know bust out of of kind of you know that mentality and really just you know have some fun and play play our football. Okay, we've mentioned fish a couple of times. What type of fish are you going for in Hawaii? Honestly, I don't even know the names. They all have the Hawaiian <laughs> names, but I just any kind of fish, just fry it up and I'll eat it. How long are you staying in Hawaii after the bowl game? Uh, we'll just leave right after the bowl game. Okay. So yeah, right after the game, we'll go on the on the plane and leave. But I'll have plenty of fish to eat before the bowl game. So okay, hopefully you're opening a a, a Hawaii bowl trophy on Christmas morning, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that'd be fun. Thanks, Isaiah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Isaiah Kafusi, 101 BYU Sports Nation All Access. Just get that mahi mahi, man. Yeah, yeah. He obviously wants some fish. <laughs> he wants a bowl win, too. He was fishing for a compliment, I guess, too. Oh, Coming up, Heyo, a current Cougar athlete's headed to the Olympics. We'll tell you who. Plus, an inadvertent punch to the throat and the most likely seed <laughs> for BYU in the NCAA tournament, according to team rankings. All part of big deal, no deal. Dude. This Dude. is BYU Sports Nation. Alex Barcelo. <laughs> This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And we will keep climbing on BYU Sports Nation. There's a basketball in the Christmas tree, people. That's the same. Isn't there every day? And it says elite on it, which makes me even more happy. Welcome back to the show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. We're, we're seeking five stars. Shameless plug for five stars. Yeah, shameless plug. And uh, BYU TV and BYU Radio's apps are free. You can download them. Perhaps you're using them right now to watch or listen to the show. Let's play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Presented by our friends at Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And our friend Ben Bagley will join us to present us with the topics today. Well, you bring up five stars. Of course, we are a five-star program. But the first big deal, no deal, relates around number five. Big deal, no deal. BYU five straight games with ten or more three-point makes. This is BYU record. The old record was three. Yes, this is a big deal. BYU continues to 
not only shoot, but make 10 or more threes. We've been saying for years, BYU's a good three-point shooting team. We're finally seeing it. Last year, BYU was not that good. This year, they are really good. Yes, this is a big deal. It's a record because it's such a yeah. big deal. BYU is 8-4 and four because they're doing this, and they're winning big games even without Yoli Childs. Absolutely, this is a big deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU's 12-spot climb in the Ken Palm rankings overnight. This is a big deal. BYU's up to 42 already. They're ahead of Utah State. The fact that Ken Palm told us earlier in the show that if you're in the top 45, you're pretty, uh, you have a pretty good chance of making the NCAA tournament. It is early. It's December 11th. But this is a good sign. Last year, BYU did not sniff the NCAA tournament one time. And here we are, BYU sitting at 42. Yeah, the bigger deal for me is that it's not just Ken Palm. It's ESPN's Basketball Power Index as well. BYU's number 35 35! There. All of the ratings are up. So combine all of that together, and now BYU is quote-unquote, a favorite, according to these ratings on ESPN and Ken Palm. Yeah, that's a big deal because BYU is in a good position. Next. Speaking of ratings and ranking, let's go the other way with a number. Big deal, no deal. TeamRankings.com gives BYU a 91% chance of making the NCAA tournament. They're on the tourney train. Is big deal or no deal? 91! <sighs> This is a big deal because it's such a big number. I know it's early, but it's exciting because we've, we're seeing what BYU can do with Yoli Childs, and Team Rankings is validating that idea. By the way, in Ken Palm, BYU is the highest-rated four-loss team in the country, thanks to Cougar Stats for mm-hmm. heads up on that. Your close, personal my close personal friend. friend. Yeah. What he offered had, to buy me pizza on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, because I said, well, <laughs> friends, you've had dinner. <laughs> this is a big deal, 91%. What? Crazy. Uh, Again, what's an even bigger deal is that TeamRankings.com has BYU most likely as a number six seed in the NCAA tournament. I don't see that one happening. That one's crazy. Like, if BYU gets in, they're like an eight or nine. Honestly, that's kind of of a no deal. It's just kind of a a funny, amazing thing that's going on right now. Yeah, it's great. 91% to get in the tournament. They're projecting in all of the right directions statistically everything's great right BYU's now. in the conversation at no. any point last year was BYU even close to the bubble conversation no yes not even not even close last year didn't sniff it once didn't even make the NIT it was pathetic right it was bad and things changed right um and but here we said uh, after 12 games BYU's in a good spot keep it going keep all it right. like win Saturday keep it going number four Big deal, no deal. Alex Barcelo clotheslining Jazz Johnson last night. This is the big deal. Okay, Alex Barcelo makes a kind of a, a an up and under, right? He gets a, a backdoor pass, makes a layup, and he swings his arm, and then boom, right into Jazz Johnson's throat. I think it was on accident. Um, hard to know, but he's excited, but he goes right into Jazz Johnson. And then Alex never turns and talks to Jazz about it, who's like, what the heck just happened, man? <laughs> I think this is a big deal. It was weird. This is no deal. It was clearly what? an accident. One million percent an accident. He's looking back at the shot as he makes it and swings his arm as he's turning around. Unfortunately, Jazz Johnson and his larynx happened to be there at the <laughs> wrong spot and the wrong time. But he's got to turn and say something. Okay, Jazz so, like, sorry, bro. I think he was a little embarrassed, and so to not draw further attention to it for the officials... He just kind of ignored the whole thing. Everyone saw it. He ignored Sorry, Alex. Alex ignored the whole thing like, uh, whatever. No, that didn't just happen. Yeah, not, not a big deal to me because what? it was totally an accident. And we don't know if Alex apologized later. Maybe he did He later. seems like know. the kid that would apologize later after the right. game is in over. In the heat of the moment, Alex is the most intense person in the entire gym. So I could imagine that maybe later he said something. But 
This is a big deal, dude. Oh. He punches him in the neck, essentially. <laughs> that was insane. Bam. Accident. An accident. And I, I'll give a pro- I've thought about doing that a lot, but I've never done it. I'll give props to uh, Jazz Johnson <laughs> for just being for just going with it. Like he was really calm and collected about it. He was incredibly yeah. chill about yeah. the whole situation. Well done, Jazz. Former Portland pilot. Number five. All right, last one. Big deal, no deal. Spencer Linton's birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Hey, Kiki, what's up? It's Kiki's cilantro. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what? Wow, a cake, too? Oh, fantastic. Yay. Four of the eight candles are lit. It's lit in studio. Four of the eight candles are lit. That's all we could okay. afford. Okay. okay, making a wish. Was it the BYU goes in the NCAA tournament? Don't tell. I'm not going to tell you. Is the fire alarm going to go off? we got smoke in here. Love this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kiki. Yeah, Thank thanks, you, Kiki. Yeah. Sports Sports Station wow. right now. Yeah. I think legally you should change it to cilantro. Just an idea. I'll remember that. Yeah, okay. Happy birthday. All right. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Kiki. Oh, wait. Hold on. She took the cake. What the heck? No, no. It, it's You know, she's bringing it back now. Yeah, bring it back. I want a piece. <laughs> Jer- 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 I want a piece. piece of cake. We'll yeah. save you a piece, Kiki. Yeah, yeah. We'll Let's put it right here. It looks nice. Yeah. Yeah, what a great surprise! Thank you. That's awesome. Happy That's birthday, awesome. man! I Thank can't you. believe you're 24 today. That's All right, great. 24, 14 That's years awesome. running. Let's go. The elite <laughs> voice of the day answering what has been the most impressive performance of the year for BYU basketball, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Big Red on Instagram, says beating Virginia Tech to take third in the Maui Invitational, Amen. a team that was explosive and matched up well with BYU, and the Cougars didn't have Yoli. That second half explosion was the definition of domination. Absolutely. We're all in agreement. Virginia Tech, man. Yeah. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts. Mine goes to Josue Dominguez. Congratulations qualifying for the Dominican Republic swimming team. He's going to go to Tokyo, Japan in the Olympics next year. That's awesome. We'll be watching. Nice job, Josue. And mine goes to Stephen A. Smith because he ranked the five most annoying people in sports and put his own name at the top of the list. That's hilarious. That's seriously That's so funny. Stephen A. Our thanks to today's guests, Ken Pomeroy and Isaiah Kafusi. Sorry to Dennis Pitter ran out of time. Conversation continues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use hashtag BYUSA. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jake Schof, big man, BYU basketball. Stay tuned for BYU basketball with Mark Pope. Go Cougs. Happy birthday, man. Want, want some cake? <laughs>